Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, we got a lot to dive into. Let's start tonight. I like the Rams and I like the under. I liked it better until all the players on the Rams suddenly found out that they have COVID issues. Jalen Ramsey, Tyler Higby, potentially five starters for the Rams. It's now an issue with the Bulls. It's an issue in the NBA. It's an issue, I believe, with the Edmonton Oilers in the NHL. Although I don't know anything about the Edmonton Oilers and I can't point to Edmonton on a map of Canada. Sorry, not a big NHL guy. But what all this is representing is COVID's not going away. And people are going to be all fired up because I had the gall to say this. But when do we start treating COVID like the seasonal flu for young, healthy athletes? All of these leagues have massive numbers of players that are double vaccinated. There are no players that I'm aware of that are having significant health-related issues, high school, college, pro, really no coaches either. If you are healthy enough to play a sport at a really high level, NHL, Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, if COVID's never going away, why are we going to treat COVID different than we have every virus that has ever existed, right? Michael Jordan is famous for the flu game, whether or not the flu is uh, what was actually causing his malady in that series against the Utah Jazz. We have had tons of teams this year with flu outbreaks not only having their players travel but having them play and no one even blinks even though the seasonal flu has become for young people every bit as dangerous if not more dangerous by and large than COVID and the threat level is minimal in both cases. So, People say, oh, my God, how could you even make this argument? I make this argument by looking at the data. I was the person foremost last year who said, hey, guess what? We can safely play college football. Guess what we did? Safely play college football. I was the person who said, hey, we can safely play college basketball. Guess what we did? Play college basketball safely. I was the person who said, we need full stadiums this year for college football. What happened? The number of cases plummeted in the SEC all over the South, all over Red State America as college football season was taking place. I was on a bus tour. I was in packed stadiums, hardly anybody wearing a mask. I was in packed bars, restaurants, packed tailgate scenes. All of it occurred and we did it safely. So why in the world are we still acting like players if they are asymptomatic, can't play uh, if they so choose? I don't understand it. Football itself, is far more dangerous to players' health than testing positive for COVID. And some people who are going to attack me, they're going to be so angry. How in the world could you ask this question? Sooner or later, we have to get back to normalcy. And the only way I know to get back to normalcy is by, wait for it, acting normal. You know, the Washington Post 
uh, sorry, the New York Times over the weekend. Headline, Sunday editorial, Sunday New York Times edition. COVID isn't going anywhere. It's time we started acting like it. You know who that sounds like? Your boy here for basically the past two years. Here's the opening of the New York Times editorial. Nearly two years into the pandemic, it's clear COVID's not going to disappear anytime soon. Surges will happen, variants of concern will pop up, and mitigation mitigation strategies will need to evolve. Yet too many Americans are still paralyzed with doubt and fear over each new uncertainty as trust in government and other institutions to manage the virus ranges from shaky to non-existent. I am reading directly from the New York Times right now. It's past time to ask ourselves, as another COVID winter begins, if we have to keep living like this, anxious over the unknown, worried about large indoor gatherings, tense at every bit of virus news, and frustrated and at times contemptuous of fellow Americans who have a dramatically different sense of acceptable risk. Uh, Okay, that sounds like your boy, and it sounds like what I've been saying for the past couple of years. I want to tie this all in with the importance of sending a message about normalcy. It is normal for players who feel healthy enough and have the flu to play. Why do we need a specific COVID policy two years in when everybody basically in all pro sports are vaccinated, vaccinated, when all coaches are vaccinated, and when COVID is not going to go away, it's going to be endemic. Are we going to continue to treat COVID for all time as some uh, death sentence for young athletes and coaches when the reality is there's been virtually no risk at all to anyone who has tested positive? And let me just talk about this for a moment. This ties in. Jen Psaki came out and said she thinks it's okay for kids to be forced to go outside. Did you guys see this video? To be forced to go outside and eat in the freezing cold. I saw where Portland is making kids sit on, uh, on, on ridiculous buckets, socially distanced outdoors. New York City is doing this. Washington, D.C. is doing this. This is pure madness. This is akin to what happened in the early days of COVID. Do you remember when they put all of the tape around the crime scene tape, all around the caution tape, all around kids' playgrounds? Do you remember in New York City parks where they made circles and you were supposed to sit inside of circles? This is madness. This is evidence of a psychological disorder. Kids are not in danger from COVID, okay? Period. There are ages 5 to 11, 28 million kids in America, around 150 of them or so have died with COVID. I say with COVID because most of those kids, unfortunately, had comorbidities, had many other issues at play. Your kid, and I say this because I've got an 11-year-old and I've got a 7-year-old. I've got two kids squarely in the 5 to 11-year-old age demographic. My kids and your kids, if they are that same age, are more likely to die of the seasonal flu. They are more likely to be murdered. They are more likely to die in a uh, traffic accident. They are more likely to drown, okay? I wish no young kids died. But if you were sending your kid 
to school every day in a Kevlar flak jacket to protect them in the event that they were shot. That would be irrational parenting, certainly in most communities in America. If you took your kid to school and you insisted that when they rode with you in the car, they needed to be wearing a football helmet or a, uh, or a like a motorcycle helmet, that would probably make them a bit safer inside of the car. It would certainly protect their heads, but it would not be a rational response to risk. We are behaving on a daily basis still after nearly two years of COVID in a fundamentally irrational fashion. And when I see the New York Times writing that we need to change our behavior, and when I see what Dr. Fauci and Jen Psaki are continuing to say, they don't know how to turn off the irrationality and the artificial sense of fear that is not supported in any way by the data because they ramped it all up to try to win the 2020 election. And we have now entered a form of psychological failure, of mental anguish that is unsupported and anxiety that is unsupported by the basic data. If you are under the age of 65, okay, your risk from COVID is quite slight. If you are under the age of 11, your risk from COVID is virtually zero. If you are concerned about COVID, the smartest thing you can do based on the data we are seeing is get your ass in shape and lose weight. Instead of shutting down gyms and parks, if the federal government wanted to mandate something, they should have mandated exercise because the best way to fight COVID was not to be shut up in your house eating Cheetos and watching Netflix. It was to be busting your ass in a workout in a gym or in a park so that your overall rate of obesity declined and you got healthier so that if you got COVID, you would better able be able to handle it in your body. This is madness. And sports are an important part of this. We have to get back to allowing people. First of all, I don't know why we're still testing, right? I don't even know why COVID testing is necessary. If players test positive for COVID and they are 100% healthy, what is this madness that we're not allowing them to play if they're asymptomatic? Yes, they can spread it. You can spread every virus. Most viruses, however, I don't believe are asymptomatic. If we're letting guys play with the flu, why in the world are we not letting people play with COVID? People are all going to be fired up because you not you have to respect the virus. How dare you try to be rational and analyze fear and actually encourage people to get back to normalcy in their life. This is a form, I really believe this, of mental anxiety disorder as opposed to a rational response to a legitimate public health threat. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about uh, this issue a bit more in a sec. But first, I want to tell you all about my friends at Pure Talk. All right? Uh, Pure Talk is hooking you up with the best possible data. Instead of getting more coal for the holidays in your stocking from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, how about deciding to end the overpriced wireless carriers uh, relationships that you have? How about getting a new iPhone? How about getting hooked up with a great Pure Talk plan so you can switch and get nationwide 5G coverage. The exact same coverage as the big guys, but you and your family can save up to $800 a year. I'm a customer. I wouldn't tell you to use a Surface. I'm not completely 
comfortable with myself. Make the switch. 30-day risk-free guarantee. Nothing to lose. You get unlimited talk, text, 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Plus, you can get the iPhone 12 for just $479. That is a great deal. You can also keep your same cell phone number and your same cell phone and save a bundle if you'd like to. Here's how you sign up. Go to puretalk.com, shop for the plan and the phone that's right for you and your family, then enter the code, promo code OUTKICK, and you get an additional 50% off your first month. Plus, you can save on a brand new phone. That's puretalk.com, promo code OUTKICK. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Some good news. People say, hey, Clay, you never share any good news. I got good news for everybody out there. It appears that Omicron, the South African variant that may or may not have actually come out of South Africa that everybody uh, was terrified of in the last couple of weeks, good news is it appears to be a milder form of COVID than the other ones that have already existed out there. Bad news for those of you who are double vaxxed, 80% of the people testing positive right now for Omicron are double vaccinated. Positive is, we talk a lot about mutations, Uh, and the fear of variants and all of these different aspects. The reality is most viruses over time mutate to become less dangerous, less virulent, at least if they're not biologically altered. The viruses are going over time to become less virulent. That appears to be what's occurring with Omicron. So, positive here. The positive data that is coming out of England, that is coming out of South Africa, and the early data that we are seeing from the United States is it appears to be the case that there is less severe uh, issues with Omicron going forward. And in fact, this could be a help to finally ending the COVID insanity because the more people who get a less virulent version of the virus, the fewer people who are going to need to be treated in the future Ideally, I've got natural immunity. I had COVID. I already recovered from it. I may have had COVID more than once. I don't know. I haven't felt sick all fall, really. Uh, But I've been on the road, bars, restaurants, shaking hands, meeting as many people probably in as many different states as has occurred almost by anyone during the OutKick bus tour. And the reality is I had COVID. I've got COVID antibodies. And that's why I haven't chosen to get the COVID vaccine because I don't think I'm getting any substantial additional protection by doing so. Good news for those of you like me who are big Tennessee Titan fans, Derrick Henry is back, baby, supposedly. According to Ian Rappaport, he's going to be back in time for the playoffs. This would be absolutely phenomenal if we could get Derrick Henry back. I say we as a Tennessee Titans fan and season ticket holder. uh, He'd be back healthy just in time for the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, if you're out there right now and I hear very few people talking about it, The NFL playoffs are potentially going to be overwhelmed by COVID madness because players are testing positive like crazy now in the NFL where everybody is vaccinated just about in the NBA, in the NHL. It's not going away. These positive tests are going to continue for coaches and players. Why would you not just allow guys, if they're asymptomatic, first of all, why are you testing? I don't know why we're still testing players on a regular basis. But secondly, if they're asymptomatic and they feel well enough to play, why are we insisting that they isolate until they test negative? It doesn't, in my opinion, make any sense at all. Speaking of not making any sense at all, what's happened with the Bills? Not ready 
to hit the full-on panic button if I am a Buffalo Bills fan, like the effort that I saw from them in the second half against uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. But my goodness, what in the world is going on? The Bills are sitting right now at 7-6 and six on the year. Now, if they win out, get to 11-6, and six, not a crazy proposition if you look at their schedule going forward. This is still a big, messy issue for them as we look ahead as to whether or not they're going to make the playoffs. In fact, I'm going to talk with Todd Furman about this a little bit later. You can watch this uh, gambling show discussion if you want. I'll also be on Fox Bet Live in about 40 minutes breaking down everything going on in the world of the NFL. But right now, if you look at the odds to win the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs are your favorite. Remember when they were 3-4 and and everybody was panicking? They've since won six in a row. They are the favorite right now to win the AFC sitting at 9-4. and four. Patriots also 9-4, and four, plus 340. These are fanduel.com slash clay odds. The Bills are at 6-1. to one. Titans 8-1. to one. Chargers, we don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Big game against the Chiefs coming up this Thursday night. And the Baltimore Ravens are falling and plummeting rapidly. Baltimore Ravens, lots of injuries sitting at 11-1. I would say... The two most disappointing teams right now in the AFC are the Bills and the Ravens. Even though the Bills are 7-6, and six, the Ravens are 8-5. and five. Got issues with Lamar Jackson. We don't know how significant that ankle sprain is going to be, but they're playing against the Packers. The AFC North is wide open. Steelers could win it. Bengals could win it. Ravens could win it. And the Browns could win it. It's probably the most competitive division Uh, in terms of the number of teams that are potentially able to win uh, the division of anywhere right now in the NFL. Two most disappointing teams, I would say there, are the Bills and the Ravens. Uh, In terms of the NFC, the Bucs have now surged out to a substantial favorite. They're at plus 240. Uh, We've got the Packers at plus 350. Then the Arizona Cardinals right now, who are 10-2 and and favored at home tonight against the Rams. Uh, plus 380, Cowboys plus 550, the Rams 6-1. to one. A lot more uncertainty, it would seem to me, right now in the top of the NFC than in the top of the AFC. Uh, one more read here for you. I uh, want to talk about my friends at X-Chair. You guys know I sit in the X-Chair. It's the holidays. You deserve a great gift. How about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every day, all year long, How about a gift that looks as good as it feels and a gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you'll be at work? I'm talking about giving yourself the gift of an X-Chair. I absolutely love my X-Chair. By far the most comfortable ergonomic chair I've ever used. Also, really good looking and cool piece of furniture. Not only is the X-Chair the world's greatest office chair, but with its patented LMAX technology, it doubles as a massage chair and can either cool or warm your back. Can your office chair do that? I don't think so, which is why now is the perfect time to purchase an X-Chair. Buy early, buy now, and right now X-Chair has got a perfect holiday gift for you. You can save $100 off your X-Chair just by purchasing it at xchairclay.com. That's xchairclay, my name, C-L-A-Y.com. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairclay.com and save xchairclay.com. want to thank all of you who are subscribing to this show, by the way, on YouTube. 
almost 200,000 of you subscribed on a daily basis now on YouTube. I know a lot of you are watching live right now. The comments are phenomenal. I want you to know, thank you to everybody watching this right now on YouTube. Click like, click subscribe. I appreciate you uh, and want to serve just over 200,000 subscribers just in time for the holiday season. Finally, I want to give a shout out to J.K. Rowling. It ties in with a big topic that we've been discussing in the world of sports. You notice how almost nobody has been talking. All these people who claim that they care about the intersection of sports and politics and culture. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's of the world. Uh, all of the uh, all of the woke sports media members. You notice how none of them are even mentioning the fact that UPenn has a male swimmer who has now transgendered himself and become a woman and is setting, threatening to set all-time records in women's college swimming. None of them are talking about it. Why? Why has the entire sports media who always says, hey, we want people to speak out, we want people to be honest, why have all of them virtually shut their mouths simultaneously? It's because they're afraid of what might happen to them. You see what happened with J.K. Rowling? Uh, Harry Potter author. Um, I read the Harry Potter books, really liked them. Uh, most people out there are unwilling to even get engaged in this dispute. Uh, but if you look at what uh, Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling wrote, she wrote in response to now in the UK, in the United Kingdom, if you are a man who is accused of sexually assaulting a woman, you are allowed to define yourself as a woman and say that a woman is trying to rape another woman even if that woman has a penis. This is what J.K. Rowling tweeted. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. The penis individual who raped you is a woman. We are being told things that are fundamentally untrue and expected to believe them for fear of acknowledging what might otherwise be uh, considered to be an inappropriate or unacceptable truth. This is what's going on with Penn. This is what's going on with the women swimmers there. You know, two of them spoke out to OutKick. But almost no one in sports media is willing to actually cover this story because they are afraid that they are going to end up a target. And that if they are a target, they're going to be called transphobic. Let me tell you something. It's not transphobic to believe that men and women should compete in different elements of sports. That is the entire foundation of sports. In fact, that's the entire foundation of Title IX. That's the entire foundation of the Olympic Games. For over a hundred years, we have been operating under the assumption that sports should not be unisex competitions because if they were, women would never win. Virtually every sport, women would not only not win, they wouldn't even be able to play. And so Title IX, which I agree with, posits the idea that men and women should be able to compete on an equal playing field, that women's scholarships should be equal to men. Well, why is no one speaking out about the fact that women's sports now could be taken over by transgender male athletes? That all-time successful female records are going to be erased by men who decide to identify as women. This is a direct assault upon the idea of women's sports. 
almost no one is discussing it. In fact, I'm proud of OutKick and I'm proud of our editorial team because we are willing to talk about inconvenient truths when so many people run and hide when this topic arises. The idea that a man for bigger, stronger, faster should be able to consider himself a woman and then begin to crush women athletes such that their records are written out of the record books and replaced by biological men is a fundamental antithesis of what sports and competition should represent. We already create different competition levels in sports based on the size of a school, based on whether or not they give scholarships, based on the age of players. We understand that biological differences make a tremendous difference. If I decided to identify as an 11-year-old, I would be an amazing basketball player right now. I know because I coach 11-year-old basketball and I would wreck those kids. But guess what? I don't just get to randomly decide what age I am because I am a fully grown 42-year-old man. If you want to change your gender, I'm all in favor of it. Whatever makes you happier in life, if you are an adult, I don't have any problem with it, okay? But changing your gender and then competing against women should not be allowed. All of these states that are passing laws, I agree with. Your gender at birth is the gender that you should compete with for the rest of your life. The idea that we are going to allow transgender men who have been born biologically men and have spent their entire lives benefiting from testosterone to suddenly decide to transition to women is fundamentally wrong. And I give credit to J.K. Rowling for pointing out these issues. I'm a feminist in that I believe everyone should be treated the same, male or female, gay or straight, you should be treated the same, okay? That is what I believe. All individuals should be treated equally. That is not what's occurring when transgender male athletes who become women are allowed to compete. And it's significant. You hardly hear anybody defending this. There is a conspiracy of silence, though, where most people won't even mention it. That is wrong. We have to fix it. Thank God to OutKick for actually being willing to stand up on this issue going forward. Uh, I appreciate all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need the SBAP. Uh, go get your bets in tonight and let's get back to normalcy. No more COVID suspensions. We're year two now of COVID. We know athletes aren't at risk. If they are not uh, in danger or feeling poorly, why in the world are we isolating and quarantining, quarantining them I'll be live at four, 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Mountain, 2 o'clock Pacific. This has been OutKick, the show.